Before we get to episode 164, I have a brief message. Please support the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Go to supportkeystonechapter.org, scroll down, put in an amount in the text field. If you don't, you'll be donating $50, and that's greatly appreciated, but you don't have to donate that much to make a difference. Again, supportkeystonechapter.org. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there and welcome to episode 164 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really appreciate you joining me for this episode. And as always, I have a few things to talk about. I'm going to start off with last week's episode, though. And it's not going to be the content of last week's episode. It's going to be the publishing of last week's episode. I recorded the episode around the same time as I'm recording this one, late in the day on Thursday. And I had trouble publishing it. And here's why. I had just updated my computer's operating system to the latest Mac OS. And what that did was take iTunes away. iTunes, of course, has gone away. And I couldn't figure out whether I'm dumb or, and that's probably it, or something else, I couldn't find where I could do what's called ID3 tags. You know, what my normal workflow used to be, I would record an episode in GarageBand, then take it into, make it an MP3, take it into iTunes, and then in iTunes, add all the titles and the description. Now, the one thing with the description, it always got truncated in iTunes, so I always did this description in notes and then would drag that in once I got to Libsyn, which is my podcast host. So last week I did everything, had the MP3 file, and then I started looking around for iTunes and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, not here. And what do I do? So I started investigating, going on Reddit, going to Facebook groups, you know, PodFest and podcaster support group and all sorts of things. And I'm posting here and I'm posting there. And I'm figuring, okay, it's the internet. It's big. There's a lot of people on it. Why isn't anyone responding? I don't care that it's three in the morning. Somebody's up somewhere. I was up, even though it was three in the morning. So I figured, well, it's three in the morning here. That means it's only midnight on the West Coast. Somebody there's got to see it. Nobody saw it. (laughs) So I waited around for responses and I kept investigating and I had already come to the conclusion that I could probably do it just by entering all the information in Libsyn, but I didn't complete that process until the next day. Well, it was the same day because it was, you know, three in the morning and then later that same day. I didn't complete that process because it used to show when I would go into Libsyn with my already ID3 tagged episode both an Apple title and an Apple description. And that Apple description was short. And the title was just the title. I could put show notes in another spot where, you know, that would also show. But basically the the Apple description was a nice little, you know, basically the lead paragraph of the show notes. Since that wasn't there, I was worried about publishing going that way, you know, doing it that way. And so I waited and then, you know, I finally decided at quarter to five, listen, I should just go to bed. I'll wake up and start over, you know, later that morning. And I wouldn't be starting over because, of course, the podcast was done. 
So when I got up on Friday, I kept looking and a couple of people finally made some suggestions on Reddit. And later in the day, a couple of people chimed in on a one or two of the Facebook groups that I posted in. And I figured, you know what, I'm already in Libsyn. I've already got it po- you know, updated there. I didn't publish it yet. I figured, well, I'll just check these boxes and I'll just do it this way. And so that's what I did. And so 24 hours after I had intended to publish it, it was published. And funny thing was, I actually got more downloads on last week's episode than I had typically gotten in other episodes when it was just a solo show. I don't want to compare it to the episode with Emily Trepanier because I always get more with an interview. You know, the, the person who I'm interviewing tells their friends and people listen that way. So there's, there's always more uh, when there's an interview guest. So it finally was up and I was surprised at you know, some of the folks' responses, you know, some people recommended a paid uh, piece of software to do the ID3 tags. Uh, a couple other people gave me some other suggestions, and they were all very helpful, and I was glad. But it was it was just unbelievable how I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Again, I, I'm thinking to myself, it's the Internet. There's a lot of people on it. It's not a couple of people. It's not like you're walking into the Microsoft store at the mall where there's three people in there when right down the alley is Apple, and, you know, there's overflow crowds in a line to get in. And I, w- I was just surprised at that. So it finally got published. I was happy about that. And it took a lot of weight off my shoulders because I knew that I've got episodes of White Canes Connected I'm going to have to publish. And I, I wanted to know what I was going to do. And for now, like I said, I'm just going to use Libsyn because we also use Libsyn for White Canes Connect. And we'll just see how it goes with that. One of the other issues with updating my operating system was a few things have changed. And if there's one thing that is terrible for someone who can't see, i.e. a blind guy, is when you make a change, it's very hard for me to figure out what's going on. Sometimes it's just a little change, for example, in the latest operating system compared to the one that uh, Brian Fischler told me was at least five five versions old, was the arrows that point to a folder when there's stuff in it. You know, if there's stuff in it, there's an arrow. The arrow looks different now. And again, my vision has been horrible, so I, I know it looks different because I've, I've asked, uh, you know, Jane uh, when she was home. And it's not that big of a difference, but it's it's harder for me to see. Now, part of that could be because my vision is so sucky lately, but... It does look different. It used to be a solid triangle. And when it was, the folder wasn't showing what was inside, it pointed, of course, to the right. When it was uh, pointed down, it showed all the contents of that folder. Now it is just basically like a single line that point that's pointing, kind of like a, um, a bracket. You know, if you did a shift... Um, Let's see, it's the one, not, I think the question mark goes the other way, but you know what I mean, down on the bottom of the keyboard there. That's what it looks like now. But some of the other issues were much greater. One is, besides the iTunes issue, the, this one that I still can't get a handle on is email. Each time I go into my email client, it's asking me to give the password for specific accounts mostly Gmail. And at this stage, I cannot get any of my Gmail through my Apple Mail 
client. And it's not that I'm not, I'm not able to figure out how to do it. A little pop-up box comes up. It says, enter password. I click it. And then I just get a spinny, you know, working, working, working. And I used it with voiceover to see if it said anything else. And it just says, um, I forget what it says, you know, thinking or something like that. So I'm not sure what to do. And I've been editing this big podcast episode that's going to drop maybe today, probably tomorrow by the time all is said and done, because I still have to do the show notes. But the episode is completely edited, and I'll talk more about that editing in a bit. <laughs> it's something that annoys the hell out of me. And it's me that annoys the hell out of me. But I'll get into that in a few minutes. So the email is just a big issue. I was working with Brian yesterday on something, voiceover, and he said, oh, I'll just send you this email, see if you get it. And I said, well, what email did you send it to? He said, oh, I sent it to I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I said, well, I can't get that on my computer at the moment. So I'm hoping that once I shut the computer down after working on that other episode of White Canes Connect, and now I obviously won't shut the computer down until tonight, I'm hoping that that does whatever it needs to do so that I can then get into the different Gmail accounts. Because it, it's it's horrible not being able to get into I can't see you podcast at gmail.com on my phone. And uh, I have a, we have a personal account that we use for our house. Uh, that's a Gmail account that we used back when uh, we lived in media, and that's the, <laughs> and that's the uh, the name of it. It's actually called Cafe One Twenty Nine, which, as I've mentioned before, stems from the kids wanting to go out for lunch one day when they were little, and I got them all excited. I said, "Oh, you know what? We should go to Cafe One Twenty Nine, and they have the best grilled cheeses ever." And they're like, "Yeah, let's go there. Let's go there." And where is Cafe One Twenty Nine? And I said, "It's right here. This is." Cafe 129, and our address was 129. <laughs> That's where that came from. So that always makes me smile when I think about that, because first of all, the, the kids are 28 and 25 now, and you know this is probably 20 years ago that you know they wanted to go out for lunch on a Saturday afternoon. So, you know that has been an issue. Not not for that Gmail account. That hasn't been a big problem because most of the stuff that goes in there, it's uh, house related or Netflix. What's new on Netflix? Um, things like that. So it's not that critical. Uh, there are some things that, you know, we need to get to there. But again, I can get them on my phone. I have that one on my phone. It's just, I don't like responding to, <laughs> I don't like responding to emails on my phone, especially if they are, you know, business related. And I'll tell you a funny, funny story. I told you the story last week of a problem with someone who had tried to make a donation. <laughs> And they forgot to change the amount in the text field, as I just previously mentioned in the intro, what to do, unless you want to donate $50. Well, I was talking with Lisa yesterday, and she was using dictation. And she sent an email to someone on about an article she was working on. And we've been talking a lot the last couple of days because we're publishing one, like I said, one episode of White Gains Connect today or tomorrow. And we were recording one today that we'll publish next week. And the one today is a really good one. It's with John Perret, who is uh, the executive director of advocacy and policy uh, down in Baltimore at uh, the national headquarters of the National Federation of the Blind. So we were talking back and forth and what we were going to do with questioning and things like that for John today. And, and she said, you know, I'm so embarrassed. And I said, what? And I was having a terrible day yesterday. I didn't feel great. 
I, my meds are still still fighting with the insurance and the specialty pharmacy, which is basically the same company. And she tells me this. She sent an email, and I forget what her intended subject line was, but she was using dictation. And this is why I don't like to use dictation for, <laughs> for business emails. And, and other people, just to preface this, a few other people within the state affiliate, the NFB of PA, will put a disclaimer at the end of their email saying, this email has been created using speech-to-text technology. If you need clarification, you know, please contact me and let me know. Which, as I've said before, um, if you've ever seen the movie Johnny Dangerously, there's a phrase that starts off at one end of the table and it's like a whisper down the lane and by the time it gets to the other end of the table, the guy tells the last person, you know, something completely different, but then the guy he's telling it to knows that it's has been changed and knows exactly what they're saying. Well, you know, with using dictation on the iPhone, it's not always it's not always the case. Um, so whatever the subject line was, and I don't remember if it was uh, cash or something like that. I don't remember. It said castration. <laughs> I started laughing. I was outside with Ziggy and I'm talking to her on the phone. And Lisa said, I was so embarrassed. And I said, that just made my day. And then she mentioned it again today after we were done <laughs> recording with John. And again, it made me it made me laugh because I was having all sorts of trouble getting on Zoom today because I couldn't get to my email to get to the link to get involved with this interview that we were doing. So uh, so there's that. So j just remember, uh, again, I'll have to ask her, maybe I'll get some clarification on what castration was, <laughs> was intended to be. But I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, again, put a smile on my face and also thank God it wasn't me. <laughs> so just keep that in mind now. Yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe... Uh, you know, maybe one day she'll write an email about castration and it'll come up something completely different. But, you know, the email issue has been just a big problem. And especially for, you know, things like today with the with the podcast, I couldn't get to the link. And finally, I asked her to text me the link. And at the end, before she texted it to me, I was able to forward the email from my iPhone to my personal email account that is not a Gmail account. And then I clicked on it via webmail. I went in via webmail and and did that. So so that's been that's been it, something that has just sidetracked my days with you know just something more that I need to do that I don't really have time to do. I, as I've mentioned a million times, I have very limited time on the computer. I don't like to put Ziggy in the cage to come down and work on something unless I'm doing an interview like I did earlier when we were talking to John. And so I'm thinking, now I've got all this crap I've got to do. Now, the one thing that I'm so hopeful about, because my vision has been terrible lately, and because I've been learning voiceover, I've been using voiceover more on, on my computer. And I'm hoping that I, at some point, get to the stage where I have it down enough that I will either use a laptop upstairs or get... I'm not sure if I'd get a laptop. At, at some point, we're going to have to get a laptop because the laptop Liz is using is property of Walden. And as I mentioned last week, you know, we're starting to look soon to move. So obviously, we can't take that Walden laptop with us 
<laughs> to wherever we move to because it's not ours. And so I don't know if we'll get a laptop or if maybe a Mac Mini. You know, they're pretty inexpensive. And, you know, I'm thinking I wouldn't even need to get a monitor, right? And, you know, I could just put that somewhere and get a wireless keyboard and then use headphones to plug into it so I can listen, uh, which is very relaxing to me. And I noticed after working with Brian yesterday and not struggling to look at my screen, how much more relaxed I was after using the computer. I'm always squinting or looking close and zooming in and trying to figure something out. And because my vision has been so bad lately, I can't even see the letters really. I'm trying to guess what the word is by, okay, that word looks like it's long enough to be blah, blah, blah. And it's just it just takes so much longer. It makes everything take so much longer. And as I've mentioned before also, you know, blind folks, it takes blind folks a lot longer to do just about everything. And it's very frustrating to me and and to the other blind folks who have who have agreed that it takes blind folks longer to do stuff. They also agree that it's very frustrating. So it's been helpful that I've been using the Mac or using voiceover on the Mac because at some point I'm going to need it. And uh, I have in a couple of weeks surgery consult with the cornea guy um, that whether I need to have surgery again. And and I, I really don't want to. <laughs> Just because it's it's just it's hard. It's not just the fact that for a few days your eye is all bandaged up and you can't see. And and again, depending on what type of procedure it is, whether it's a full transplant or a partial, which where they take different sections of it, different layers. Uh, the first one I had was just the layer called the endothelia or endothelial. Um, can't quite remember. I think it's endothelial. And so it wasn't horrible the recovery time. And listen, none of them were as, as bad as the detached retina surgery. Uh, but it's still something and it's still, there's a little bit of pain. And um, I remember with the cornea, uh, the first time I remember taking the shield off, Liz had to take the shield off the night of the surgery to, to put some eye drops in. And it, <laughs> it was like a tsunami <laughs> came out. My shirt was soaking wet. Liz couldn't believe how much liquid came out. Um, Yet it wasn't enough to watch the uh, the actual cornea that was sit resting on the side of my nose, uh, the part that they didn't use. Um, it didn't wash that away. And the doctor saw that the next day and said, oh, I guess I didn't get rid of this yesterday. <laughs> so it, it's it's just the whole idea of the surgery. And I, I've now got something scheduled for early March that, uh, that I really want to go to. And if I have the surgery, I don't know that I'll be able to go. If I can't see at all, if the surgery is close, and I can't see at all, I, I, you know, I'd be a little hesitant to go. While I'm pretty decent at navigating, again, I do have a little bit of sight to use. And if I have the surgery, my eyes all bandaged up, and uh, I certainly don't want to go to State College PA and find my way around. I, it would be difficult for me. And as well as, I, I remember with the the last transplant, couldn't wash, couldn't really wash, I was going to say wash my hair, but what kind of hair do I have, right? Uh, I really couldn't wash... Um, my face real well because you can't get it wet. It's like a gremlin. You can't get it wet anytime, not just after midnight. We'll see how that goes. Cause I really, I, I, the, the thing in state college is a NFB of Pennsylvania uh, leadership conference and uh, always learn a lot at those as well as get to see folks from, from all around the state who, especially lately, we don't get to see very often. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping to go to that and I'm signed up for it, but let's see what happens with the surgery stuff. And uh, obviously I will talk about it in an upcoming episode, I'm sure. And even if I don't have the surgery but still go to state college, I'll talk about that too. 
So another thing that I wanted to mention, a few weeks ago, I had talked about a problem with my insurance for pharmaceutical drugs. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny saying it that way. For pharmaceuticals or drugs, I guess it's the same thing. It's like saying eyewitness, right? And the issue was that the medicine that I take for my psoriatic arthritis called Otesla was needing something called a prior authorization. Now, again, I've been on this medication for about eight years. Might be nine, might be seven, but it's been a while. And as I mentioned, I'm sure more than once, while it's not helping me now like it did when I first went on it for the first year or so, it's maintaining what's going on with me. My joints still hurt, but not like they would without it. The other thing that it's done is keep my psoriasis in check, the skin issues. And I noticed today when I was drying my calf off after my shower, I have this big, I, I don't know what they're called. I don't remember what the big things are called now, but, but I've, got this, I've got, you know, probably the size of a quarter uh, psoriasis thingy. That's not the technical term on my calf and I'm thinking, okay, great. You know, I'm off this med now. It's been, it's been about six weeks, five weeks and it's certainly not helpful. I don't, and I, it's just back and forth. Oh, we need a prior authorization. Oh, we need a new prescription. The people at the specialty pharmacy told me both. So when they sent in the new prescription, they said, no, that's not what we need. We need the prior authorization. And when they sent the prior authorization, no, you need a new prescription. I mean, how many times do you need a new prescription for something that hasn't been filled? And I, every few days I call just to see what's going on. And they say, oh, we're really sorry. Well, you're not as sorry as me with the joint pain and now the psoriasis. And, and the worst part of it is the insurance that we have for our drugs is CVS Caremark. And of course, the only place that we can go to get our drugs is it CVS or CVS Specialty Pharmacy? I know Tesla's ungodly expensive, and that's where you have to get it from. I can't go to Joe Blow down the street. I can't go to Rite Aid. I can't go to, um, there's a pharmacy, and I can't remember the name of it, that's, that's uh, he spoke at our uh, state convention. They have a, for blind folks, and, and I have this issue, and I'll talk about it in a second. I can't go to them. Because I'd love to go to them because, first of all, the guy's a member of the NFB, and I like what they're doing. And so I'm stuck. It's like I'm getting bounced from one section of the, the business to another. Go to the drug side, go to the insurance side, drug side, insurance side, and nothing's getting done. Oh, we've contacted your doctor, and they've said this, and they've said that. I've gotten letters in the mail saying I've been rejected for it. How many times do I need to be rejected for it? And why all of a sudden do they need this prior authorization when it's been working for me for about eight years? It is just so unbelievably frustrating that, and, and fortunately I have a doctor's appointment, um, rheumatologist appointment on Tuesday, the first, that hopefully something will happen. I don't know if it will. At this point, if somebody were selling, <laughs> selling Otesla on, on Craigslist, I think I'd buy it. It's just been brutal. It's just been brutal and it's so unbelievably frustrating and um, I can't wait to get a different insurance because I, I can't stand to be tied to one insurance company, I'm sorry, one uh, prescription 
uh, drug place, whether it's CVS or Rite Aid or any of them. If you could only go to one supermarket and the, another supermarket had something on sale, but you can't go there, how, how good is that? Or if they carried something that the one supermarket didn't carry. It's very frustrating. CVS Caremark obviously doesn't want to pay for this med, even though my doctor says I need it. They don't want to pay. I get it. It's expensive, as I mentioned, about 4500 bucks or so. Um, but I am at the point that, that I hate CVS Caremark um, and their mile-long receipts uh, at the CVS. And it's, it's terrible, too, because CVS is within walking distance to me, and I can go over there and get anything that I need. Um, and I, uh, when I say anything that I need, any prescription, because I wouldn't go there for anything else because you've got, they've got to take like 30% off for it to just be regular price. So that's where I stand with that. And um, if you have any ideas, I'd really be open to, <laughs> to hear them. Uh, reach out, 646-926-6350, and let me know if you have a solution for this. Uh, other than getting some sort of other medication that may or may not be a legal drug uh, in the United States. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I want to stay with something that's legal. I don't want to take something that may or may not be approved for it. If it's something that's working in another country, um, maybe I'd consider it. And and again, like I said, I, I think I'd buy something. I, I don't want to say the black market because is it really a black market? If, please reach out if you have any ideas. I, I'd love to hear them. And um, and if you've had the same type of situation, uh, please let me know. And and just to tag on to the whole drugstore thing, I was out of an eye drop. Uh, you know, I, 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 it seems like it goes fast right at the very end. One minute I have plenty, and the next minute, you know, I'm squeezing air into my eye with an eye drop. And I, I've been on this steroid since I've had the transplant, whenever that was, 2008, I guess. And so I'm taking this eye drop this morning, and I'm like, uh-oh, it's blowing air. I can't wait for Liz to get home to help me call it in. I can't see the, the prescription number. I take out my phone and I have, I use Envision to try and zoom in. Still can't zoom in enough. Uh, so I have Envision read it to me. And the problem, problem is mostly me. Um, the problem with that is when you have a long number, um, which my prescription number is, and I, I think it started off 1 billion something, it reads it like that, 1,752,875,303. Not one, and I don't remember the number I just gave you, not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, which would obviously make it a lot easier for me to remember if you set it in individual numbers. By adding all those extra words, billions, millions, thousands, there's, for whatever reason, I just can't remember it. And that's how the phone reads it. Envision read it to me. And likewise, when I am sending someone who I know is blind and using some sort of screen reader, the easy way around that is to just put a comma in between each number. So then it will read, you know, one comma. It doesn't read the comma. It says one, two, three, four, as opposed to 1,234. So I waited on, because I didn't know what my prescription number was, I had to wait on the phone. And while I'm waiting on the phone, I'm thinking, you know, if I could see, I would have already been done and I would have called it in. And it turns out my prescription had expired and that took around 10 minutes on the phone for me to find that out. And when the doctor said, who prescribed it for you? I said, Dr. Ayers. Oh, I don't have him on this list of your meds. I said, all right, so what do I need to do? He said, you need to call the doctor and get them to call in a new script. So I did that and 
I've already taken the eye drop for the afternoon. I take it four times a day now. When I first had the surgery, I had it four times a day. But after about a month, I was taking it twice a day. And it's a steroid, so good thing that I... <laughs> between the steroids there and the steroids for the psoriatic arthritis to take the edge off, as one doctor once said, that's enough steroids for me. I'm not comfortable taking that many. And not that it's a bunch, but don't like taking them to begin with. And, and, and drugs in general, I'm not big on. So it's when I started with the steroids from the rheumatologist a few weeks ago, I was able to knock off both doses of Tylenol that I was taking each day. I still took Advil at night uh, before bed, but otherwise I didn't take any any other kind of pain med. So I was, I was thankful for that because I, I don't like taking those either. But again, as I'm sitting on hold waiting, I'm thinking, you know, if I were cited, this would have already been done. And again, just one more thing to show that when you can't see, stuff takes longer. And the last thing that I want to mention today uh, is something that pissed me off to no end. And like I said before, it was me. I was editing last week's episode of this podcast, so episode 163. And I was mad because it took me a long time to edit it. And why did it take me a long time, you might be asking? Go ahead, ask it, and I'll answer it took me a long time because I use the words, you know, way too often. And I'm hoping I haven't done it here now, because when I go back and edit this, I will scream <laughs> if that's the case. But it is unreal how much I used it. And I was cursing myself out last night as I was editing an interview and an intro and outro for episode 18 of White Canes Connect, which, like I said, will drop either today or tomorrow. And it is about uh, the Pennsylvania Assistive Technology Foundation. And it's an organization that helps with no interest loans for excessive te accessible technology, whether it's a screen reader or a magnifier, CCTV, Braille writer, whatever. Up to $7,000, they, they'll give you interest-free for up to 48 months. And there is a grant component of it depending on what your income is. I'm editing this stuff, and all I keep hearing is, you know, you know, you know. And I, some points, I did it so frequently, it was, you know, and then there was a word, and then there was another, you know. And I thought, how many times, I, I should keep track. I, I, I can't count that high. I need to have a counter because every time I do it, I try and take them out with the edits. Now, sometimes I left them in there because it felt right to keep it in. But the 75 other times, mm -mm. and I don't know how to stop that. So I'm asking for your help. <laughs> I need an intervention because I cannot keep doing it because it is just, it, it's the way I speak. And I've noticed this when I've been on the phone with friends and I've noticed this when I have done non-scripted things and I would love to be able to figure out how to read a script. And I haven't gotten it down pat to where listening and then repeating where I say it without sounding like a drone. Um, because I'd like to do other things. I, I don't have this. This show is not scripted. I have a bulleted list that the way I have my setup now, I cannot see. <laughs> so I look at it before I hit record. Or when I cough, I glance, I get close to the screen and I zoom in. And I take a glance at some of the bullet points just to make sure I'm hitting them all. But I would love to, to do more stuff 
I have a couple of other podcast ideas that I'd love to do. And I don't want to do it because I, I can't remember that much information. Like if I wanted to read a blog post, it would take me forever. I'd have to do it one sentence at a time. And that's a thing now where people will read a blog post and then comment on it. And I have an idea on a couple of different ways to do this. And I know some people do it with Reddit and stuff like that. So I would love to be able to get something in place where I can do a lengthy speech or um, commentary or whatever, um, where I could go to Fiverr and do, I, I would love to do voiceovers. And I've been messing around with GarageBand and sounds, and I've been wanting to mess around with uh, Adobe Audition, and that's what prompted the, the Mac OS update. So if you've got some ideas there, I'd love to hear from you too uh, about the you knows. I, I don't know if I should go to a coach or what I should do, but I need to do something. And I, I, I've just got to stop doing it. I don't, I'd be both the richest and poorest guy if I put a quarter into a jar every time I said you know, because, <laughs> because it'd be t basically taking it from one pocket to the other. And I, I've just got to stop it. And I'm hoping that somewhere along the line I will figure it out and sometimes I notice it after I say it and I am consciously thinking about it as I'm speaking both during an interview and during this podcast and I don't know if it's just a matter of just starting to talk when I'm not recording something and just go on and on and on about a subject without trying to say those words and not trying to say ums and ahs and that happens sometimes everybody does it and I think it's Again, more genuine if you're doing something that's more conversational, which I kind of think this podcast is where I want it to feel like I'm speaking to you, not to anybody else, just to you. And, and <laughs> with the download numbers, I think I am just speaking to you. <laughs> so as you can hear, my voice is really starting to quit. And I know I've talked quite a bit about... <laughs> about a few things. So between the other episodes of White Cane's Connect that we did earlier, I'm going to call it a day. And I do appreciate you listening. Again, it's episode 164 of the I Can't See You podcast. You can find the show notes at icantseeyou.com slash 164. And again, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence. It's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 164. Again, the number to reach out if you've got show ideas, questions, comments, Call 646-926-6350. If you've got questions, comments, or show ideas, you could also reach out. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Please let me know your name and where you're from if you do leave a voicemail. And I will absolutely use it on an upcoming episode, no matter how crazy or how smart you sound. It doesn't matter. One way or another, you're getting played on an episode. <laughs> And again, I do appreciate you listening. Please share it with your friends. If you think it's worthy, leave a review, uh, rate it, anything you can to help us grow. I really would appreciate it. And again, I hope you're staying safe. It looks like we're on the downward side of COVID. Is it too soon to say that? I just do hope you're staying safe, you're well, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. 
please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.